You're listening to Raising Anchor, a Rhode Island FC podcast. We're glad you're here. Hello and welcome to Raising Anchor, your podcast and source for all things Rhode Island FC. I'm your host, Matt Entrican, and this is my co-host, Jason Carey. Hey Jason, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good over here, buddy. You know how we do it here, another uh, rainy summer day. Uh, you know, the humidity only hit, what, 95% today? I only sweated through two layers of clothing? <laughs> I won't tell you which layers. <laughs> That's a problem. Just do one. See, I, I can't do the whole uh, rock out with my, my guns out like you do with the tank tops. Like This body is not to be showcased out in the public like that. So you can get away with it with your physique. But uh, I, I know I don't need to end up on in, like, any criminal watch lists in the uh, state of Rhode Island. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm still packing a little bit of a, a craft beer belly here, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I can tell you that I'm definitely uh, a catch for certain members of the community. I, uh, I had the privilege of recently running into, in a completely related soccer story, uh, James Lance. For the listeners who don't know who James Lance is, that would be your uh, independent reporter, Trent Krim, from Ted Lasso. I, uh, I actually ran, literally ran into him. Uh, and snapped up a photo. I, I'll, I'll probably try to throw that on the socials at some point. Um, but yeah, no, he he was an amazing person, and like he just wrapped his arms around me. And and I don't know if you know, in in his in his portrayal of the character on Ted Lasso, he had a certain uh, projection of sexuality. Which spoiler alert, I may have just ruined that. So for Ted Lasso fans, I, you already had your chance. Like. It's not even. It's not a spoiler. After what? It's been out months? for a while now, right? Yeah, and, and that was like season two, so it's not a spoiler. Shame on you if you haven't already watched Ted Lasso. Um, but he, the way he enveloped me in a hug for this photo, like I don't, I don't think my my partner, my girlfriend, has ever hugged me like James Lance hugged me. So thank you so much, James. I know you're obviously clearly a listener. I, I didn't tell him about the podcast. I should have. <laughs> Could have had our first celebrity appearance besides think, Coach Cano. Do you think he's actually a soccer fan, or do you think maybe well, he's, he's being part of that show? So okay. he's English. So he. Okay, I mean, you so have to be. He, he has to. Yeah, be. Like, okay. you're you're indoctrinated. Like, like certain people they get baptized, certain people get circumcised, and then other ones just get indoctrinated into the sport of football in England. Yeah, but don't they actually? What they do there is, if you don't like soccer, they actually export they, you to U.S. Right? They're like. You need to leave. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> you're not you're not one of the queen's people or the, or the king's people. Yeah, they they kick you out. So, but yeah, so I got to see James Lance again, just living my best life in Rhode Island. So, for those of you that didn't get the other opportunity, uh, you should hang out with me some more often, and I'll uh, I'll run you into celebrities like Coach Gano or uh, or James. So you never know who you're gonna run into at the folk festival. Uh, don't burn me out. Like I wasn't trying to tell people where I met him. I wanted to make them think like I was just crossing the street in downtown. <laughs> I mean, you got to drive more than 12 minutes to do stuff, right? (laughs) (laughs) So um, we have a really exciting episode today for the listeners. Um, We had the pleasure of sitting down with the supporter group Defiance 1636 uh, and getting to spend a lot of quality time talking to them and getting to kind of understand their makeup and what we can anticipate coming into the 2024 season for Rhode Island FC. Um, And we're going to be really excited to share that content with you today. 
the interview was actually so long, uh, in a good way, that we were able to break it up into two parts. So this is going to be one of our first continuations where you'll have to be left on the edge of your seat waiting for the next week's release. So it's not like a, a serial type thing where we normally do. You're you're going to have to wait till the next season comes out. I mean, I could break these into 30-minute uh, podcast sessions, and then they only get like five minutes of interview per question, and they, they, the listeners never get to actually appreciate the whole content of the interview in one single listening and then just have where we're relapping over each other and it's just it's you know next time on oh yeah you spend, you spend five minutes retelling what you're about to hear or what you've already heard and then it's only five additional minutes of content yeah i love that idea <laughs> that's a perfect filler option for us um so yeah so we're going to split that into two parts so you'll hear us at one point kind of switch over and, and play that recording i will apologize to listeners now um we recorded that session in a bar, which maybe at the end of the day wasn't the, the best idea. Um, but what, the reason we did that was we wanted to record it in Defiance 1636's kind of home base, which is the craft uh, burger and beer um, restaurant in Pawtucket. And, you know, doing that, we, we kind of knew maybe it wasn't going to be the best idea. Um, we, were, we were really hopeful. So the audio is not as great as what you're listening to right now. So uh, just kind of set that up as a... I don't know. I don't want to say warning because it's not like they're going to hate it, but temper your expectations. I think anyone who's, you know, seen some live interviews and whatnot should understand that when you go out into the field and you interview people, you can't, you know, lock yourself in a closet like we are. Oh, I think next time I'm absolutely going to lock those gentlemen into a closet with me to get a better sound and quality. So, <laughs> you know, Irvin, Joe, watch out. You're, we're going to do a closet recording next time. <laughs> The Sonicast. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, but before we jump into that interview, we do have a lot of exciting club news. Uh, lots of stuff is happening really fast, uh, and we're really excited to kind of share that information with the listeners. Again, this is a little old, like by the time you hear this, but for the person that's not consuming Rhode Island FC content on the daily, uh, we're really excited to bring this this information to you. So, Jason, what's the what's the biggest, hottest breaking news going on right now? So we got a press release here stating back on. I mean, wait, what? The stadium? No, but the stadium was off. Remember, all those people said, "Hasn't it been on? Just turn it on. You leave it on." No, I, I, the stadium was never going to happen. Remember all those those angry people on Facebook that said the stadium couldn't possibly happen? It was a sham of a project. Well, too bad for you guys. <laughs> they turned it back you. on. <laughs> so. Um, just going to go through this here. Uh, so Fortuitous Partners announced today that it has secured the final needed equity investment and has letters of commitment from lenders committed to providing private financing in accordance with the terms of the developer's pri- public-private partnership with the city of Pawtucket and the state of Rhode Island. Fortuitous Partners is developing the Tidewater Landing Project in Pawtucket and has invested nearly $30 million of private capital into the construction of the project. This is getting expensive. <laughs> for them, not for the city, yeah, which yeah. is the important thing to call out here. This is all privately secured funds. Not an additional drop of money or blood or sweat is coming from the taxpayers of the city. So once complete, the private investment in Tidewater Landing will represent the largest investment of private capital in any development in Rhode Island in over a century. That's insane. Like, we've seen projects come and go, but I, I think when I read that part... Yeah, this is kind of a big deal. That's, that's, it's not a big, it's the biggest. 
It's the biggest deal. I, I don't, there's never been this kind of infusion of money and support into a project in this state. And that, I, I just, kudos again to the, to the group behind this. All right, so continuing on, we are committed to Rhode Island and have been from day one. The Tidewater Landing Project will transform downtown Pawtucket and provide state residents with a team that is for all of Rhode Island, said Brett Johnson, co-founder and chairman of Rhode Island FC. The global pressures on development are real, but we have believed in this project from the beginning and have put tens of millions of private investment into the project to get it started. Now that the private funding has been secured, we are excited to complete the stadium through the public-private partnership with the city and state. Despite global financial challenges, the Fortuitous Partners Development Team raised another $14.5 million of private equity over the last two months without taking on any additional debt. That's huge. Can, I, can you get me $14.5 million? I, yeah, how do you do how that? How do you just... Man, we are in the wrong job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we're, what, what we're doing here, but... We're counting pennies <laughs> and they're playing with Monopoly stacks. Okay, so the additional equity investment announced today signifies the completion of the development team's equity raise, and both the stadium and Rhode Island FC are fully capitalized. In all, Fortuitous Partners and Rhode Island FC have combined to raise $50 million in private equity. Along with the announcement that it has closed the private equity raise, Fortuitous Partners has signed commitment letters to fund the private debt required in the terms of the development's public-private partnership. The loans will close simultaneously with the underwriting of Pawtucket Redevelopment Agency bonds this fall. Fortuitous Partners has secured all outstanding requirements required by the city's bond under city's bond underwriters. So the money has been released at this point. I mean, maybe it's not physically exchanged hands, but we've done it. We've met all of the requirements. The public funding can now be released to us we can set up for whatever needs to happen in terms of the next steps. I think what the what the presser doesn't say is that they've announced that the construction will now resume this fall uh, to get us back on track for a 2025 season. And for all intent and purpose, I haven't heard anything about needing to delay farther or further. Farther, further. Like, why? Just pick, pick English one of the language, other, you know? You know it's oh, great, isn't it? There, there, and there. Um, but yeah, so the, the construction will resume and we will be on track for that 2025 season. So super excited about that. Uh, did again, you know, I know we, when we did the first episode, we got a lot of pushback around like, how could you even talk about that news that the stadium was off? We never thought it was, but again, for the listeners out there that maybe don't comb through everything that's been announced in, you know, local news agencies, articles, or their, you know, racist ants, Facebook you know, sometimes it's just important to make sure that we share everything that we get, good or bad, about the club. And this is absolutely good. This is this is the most fantastic news that we could ever ask for. So, I, I'm all all a head full. Like this is this is now we don't we don't have to say this anymore. Remember how you had joked like we're gonna have to like bring this up? We don't have to bring it up anymore. It's happening. Um, I don't know the meteor that's projected. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That or when aliens yeah, come and uh, abduct us all so we don't even get to enjoy soccer, right? Yeah, stadiums are actually the next thing, item on the list for cancel culture. So, you know. that. that but, you know, that started when baseball stadiums were already doing their thing with, uh, like, like spending way more money than what the city had committed to. And, and then, like, the attendance just drawed. Like, just it, the draw wasn't there unless it's, I mean, and if you've seen baseball, right, like, after a certain point in the season, usually post-All-Star game, 
if you're not going to make it in, yeah, those, if your those team's under 500, you're ghost towns. You're, yeah, ghost no towns. Showing up. At least with football, like gridiron football, you know, fans show up still for their unless it's like maybe the Browns. Yeah, it's, it's a short season too. It's it's easier to just say, hey, let's you know, let's get through this, support our team, have a good time. Baseball is it like, you know, you're playing multiple games a week, so it's a very different sport. I would not be surprised if in our lifetime we saw the the game of baseball get reduced down to more meaningful games to not, you know cuz again like those stadiums are 60,000 you know 40 to 60,000 capacity places they're not going to get filled up and when it's it's like look at Oakland so when Oakland uh did their try to save the Oakland A's thing only half the stadium was filled with people who said like hey we're going to show up to show you that we still love this club like they, they didn't even have enough people, and, and that's why they're still heading to Las Vegas. So for whatever it's worth, we don't have that problem. We have a 10,000-plus stadium that we need to worry about filling up, and we are on our way to do just that. Yeah, I, I think we will have no problems with all the, uh, the fervor that seems to be around this club. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. And so, you know, not only do we have great stadium news, but we also have, I think, one of the most important announcements that we'll have heard from a technical perspective. Um, and I, I bet you like in the long, you know, in the long game, this will be completely overshadowed or forgotten, but I think it's probably the most important thing that the club could announce in terms of developing a championship side project. And that is that Rhode Island of C, uh, has acquired a partnership with, um, a data driven analytic company uh, to become the second U.S. club to actually use this company's sports intelligence solution system and optimize their club operations both on the pitch and, uh, you know, in the front office itself. So they've partnered with, uh, uh, man, I should have looked it up. Is it, do you think it's Iterpro or Iterpro? I'm going to say Iterpro. I think, yeah, it probably Iterpro. Like Inter? Yeah, I'm going to say, so they've partnered with Iterpro uh, Sports Intelligence, and they are an analytics company that is designed just to deliver to deliver just that. Uh, the main focus of this collaboration will lie on the shared vision of empowering athletes, coaches, and directors with cutting-edge technology that enables them to access strategic information at their fingertips. Through Interport Sports Intelligent Program, Rhode Island FC's coaching staff will gain a deeper understanding of player performance, monitor their fitness and wellness levels, which we've we've talked about about that can be the Achilles heel, literally, of a club especially at identifying injury risks, uh, and then develop personal uh, training plans tailored to the individual player's needs. Like, I really feel when you start to see a club get injury prone, I, the first thing, we, I think we even touched on this a little bit, is like, what was their diet? How hard were they being worked? When was the wrong time to put stress on whatever that potential injury was? Or did they not even see it coming? Like, analytics is the key to soccer moving forward. Like, you can talk whatever formation you want, but it's truly driven by like XG and analytics that support those things. It's, it's insane. Yeah. As we, you know, as we try and play catch up with the rest of the world and try and you know, get to their level in terms of how soccer is, is played and, and how they are, we're following and diets and whatnot. The technology part is huge. You, you see like anytime you watch a European game, they've, pivot over the coaches and they've got like tablets there and they're like replaying, you know, various formations or some of them they can even get like instant replays of things that just happen to kind of break down and figure out like, Hey, what just happened there? Agreed. Agreed. And, and from that perspective, I think that getting this secured ahead of the season, 
I don't really understand the impacts to the the club organization piece. I, I don't I didn't even think that was a thing that they needed. I, I thought that was just like business one oh one. But knowing that they're gonna use it for both systems, it's just a huge win. And and the fact that we're the second US club to partner with this group, I, I wanna know what did the other teams, both in our league and our divisions, as well as the other clubs in, you know, division one, what are they utilizing? Because when I went and je- checked the pedigree on this this company, they're not pushovers. They're not like upstart, like trying to secure a name. They already sponsor premier club teams. Well, former premier club teams, <laughs> and um, yeah, seem quite. They seem pretty popular in Italy. There's a lot of Italian, a lot of cereal. I mean, AC Milan is their biggest customer, and uh, I don't know where did, when where did we last see AC Milan? What what game did we see them playing? Do you remember? Um, Was it? Was it one of the was Champions League knockout? Oh, you against Inter? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so, I, mean, was, I mean, like I I don't know about you, but like not a lot of clubs make it into that level of uh, Champions League play there. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I imagine realistically there are some other companies that do this too. I'd be curious, like how many of the USL teams have these these technology partnerships? That's what. Then that's exactly what I want to know next. Is like, are we? just again investing in the right things to just dominate the league or is or this, this, this just yeah, picking like, one like like the capelli sport jersey conversation where we're just one manufacturer we're one vendor is that something that will will you know be like oh whose analytics program was better or are we just ahead of the tide yeah i'm not sure is, is this the standard that'd be be curious to know um i don't know what we'll to you know pick some uh usl nuts brains <laughs> see if we can figure some of this stuff out Agreed. Agreed. All I know is it's exciting to know that that's on its way. And uh, I cannot be happier with the news that we get to announce today to the listeners. So great things ahead for all parties involved. And uh, I'm just looking forward to, again, that 2024 season. But we can't be living in the 2024 season just yet because we got to focus on what's going on in the 2023 USL season. So before we jump into the scores... It's like this is just like a running joke over the last few weeks. We have yet another expansion club. Oh, I guess you can count it as expansion. But but North Carolina FC is rejoining the league after, uh, I guess, a self-imposed hiatus. I, like they, they chose to go down to League One for a while to restructure their financials, to understand where they could be more of a complete club and deliver on what USL expects at the championship level from a, from a total operation perspective, they've been dominating USL one. And now they're like, now they're saying, Hey, we're, we're back boys. What what did we miss? Can't, can't, can't say I've heard of any self relegation before. <laughs> Not something too often. It, you, it doesn't, you don't hear about that too often with them just sending down. It sounds like maybe it, it does make sense for them to, to kind of, restructure and now it sounds like things worked out and they're going to come back up and uh good for us because you know the uh we're even odd number of teams now will be even i agree i mean that puts fc tulsa completely in the west there's no question now but before when it was only one team you know it 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 had that that kind of lens on us um i'll be really curious uh if when we start the season, where will we be looked at now? Because when we were entering as the solo act, you know, there were going to be eyes. I, I've said that a bunch of times where new shiny toy, what will they do? But now we'll have competition. And weirdly enough, it will almost be a story of, you know, the pro rail model, right? Because they, 
they're not, for what we understand so far, they're not changing much in the core of that team. So they're bringing them up from USL1, mostly as is. So that tells me if they can compete, then USL1 is just as viable, potentially. And I think they've been, like, murdering teams in USL1. I don't, I don't think it's been very... Uh, I think it's been very one-sided uh, in that league right now. But if they can compete at that level, it shows, again, more ammunition for, like, hey, yeah, you may go down, but the sports product that you provide and, and the competitive factors you, you display, they don't change that much from league to league. So it's, like, really, like, you could go down and then you could come right back up. Um, so I'll be really curious to see how we get compared next season as a result of that. And it'll, it'll just be really interesting to watch now that we have, uh, and, and it's in our league, right? So I, I almost kind of want to say like, we'll go see them for one of the games now. And just in case like they self, uh, self relegate themselves again at the end of the next season. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of, you know, once you get back up, you're not going to send yourself back down willingly <laughs> especially when I, I bet you they had to get that done bef- with the pro rel conversation taking place they're like well we better get back in there before they say hey you're going to stay down there and, and work your way back through even though they won the league or they're in the process of winning the league I think it's not even close right now on the table um, yeah but it would just be really good to see them and and I wish they were still the Railhawks instead of again North Carolina North Carolina FC like come on like you're better than that. Too safe with the names here, NCFC, guys. that just... That, it's, like, super close to NYCFC. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so that's where we're at with uh, with the, the news that we had to bring up to the listeners today. So where are we at on the uh, the USL scores, Jason? All right. So uh, another week here. Um, both of our teams that we picked, they both lost. <laughs> so I want you to know two things. One... Is ever since I became became a fan of the train gang, El Paso Locomotive hasn't won a single game. I think you're you're jinxing them. Maybe Th- those fans are, are they in. Saying, have like, you got I, some hate mail yet? So, so those fans are in like just an uproar. In fact, it's so bad for that club right now that um, one of their like core like centerpieces to their formation, who they had just announced on a multi-year contract extension immediately left the club and departed for for a team in like their homeland and and like everyone's baffled right now because it's like well well, you just announced like two months ago this person was ours for two or three years and they left 35 days later uh they're not they're not winning any games so then not only is my train gang off the rails but then in the last man standing bid i was like i was looking at the table and RGV had wiped the floor with us, which we were like strongly in third place in the playoffs. But as I started watching USL, I was like, RGV is on a hot streak. Like they can't pace us and not keep that up against the last place team in the league, which was the Lights. Guess what? RGV lost to the Lights, knocked me out of the playoff, uh, knocked me out of that playoff game in the Discord channel. So I tried to invest. I tried to give you a little <laughs> bit of love, and I was double burned this week. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's up and down. What are you going to do? It was all down. There was no ups. I haven't experienced an up <laughs> since we started this. It's terrible. But you I just, stick to it. You just have to embrace the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Train down. But uh, so how are those tables looking? Who's in first in the, uh, in the entire league? Okay. Is it still Riverhounds? Um, so in the entire league, we're looking at the Sacramento Republic. Oh, Sac Republic. Have... But so they they are tied with Pittsburgh. They both have 44 points. 
Uh, Sacktown has played one less game, though. So it's that game in so hand? That game in hand. Okay. Yeah, they got a the better goal difference. So then on the who do you want to start with, the West or the East on so the rundown? Yeah, I got Eastern here on top. So Pittsburgh Riverhounds followed by Charleston Battery, Tampa Bay Rowdies, Louisville City FC, Memphis 901, Birmingham Legion, FC Tulsa, and Indy 11. So it's still pretty tight, though, there. Wait, Indy 11 still holding on for dear life, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, the, it... Where's Hartford at? Parody is, I mean, they're in the basement. Oh, so they're still trapped. They're they're in the well, and and the the serial killers putting the lotion in the basket and handing it down. I mean, they did win this last week. Don't tell anyone. Ah, <laughs> so, they, they need a little bit of hope, right, to crush the spirits further. Yeah, you know. Um, let's head over to the west. We've got Sacramento Republic FC, San Antonio FC. Oakland Roots, San Diego Loyal, Orange County SC, Colorado Springs Switchback FC, El Paso Locomotive, still in seventh, and follow right behind him with Phoenix Rising. Again, we were in third at the beginning of this podcast journey, <laughs> and we are almost at the playoff line now. It's it's only five different five points difference. Between. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so the way we're playing might as well be five thousand. Oh man, Rhode Island FC cannot show up fast enough. But uh, but I appreciate that. Do you uh, ha- RGV? I mean, I know they lost, but are they? Um, so they're still eleventh. <laughs> so What's they the ha- point? They haven't though? moved, but they have twenty-seven points. They're tied with Monterey Bay FC, who also has twenty-seven points. Oh, so they're basically in tenth. They're not even in eleventh. And then New Mexico has twenty-eight, and Phoenix Rising has twenty-nine. Okay, so, so like they just got like two ga- two teams. They got to jump over. Yeah, Easy. they're they're in the mixer there. Oh my know? god, what if El Paso and RGV end up fighting it out for the eighth place spot this year? <laughs> Ooh, and they have to play each other on the final day. No, oh. that, that would be that would be too I'm good. Gonna, you know what? I'm going to check the schedule. I don't know. I know they've already <laughs> played obviously at RGV. I don't know if um, if they've had that home game yet at uh at uh, el paso stadium so i'm gonna find out that Ooh, man oh man all right well uh appreciate the the recaps on the on the tables uh, always fun to kind of check in and see where where the league is performing but i think now is a perfect time for us to kind of put the podcast into autopilot for the first time and allow our listeners to uh, really just take in our, our the interview that we had the chance to speak with with Joe and Urban from Defiant 1636. As a preemptive warning, uh, we apologize about the audio. Uh, it's going to get better, okay? We're, we're learning how to do this as you're learning how to tolerate us and listen to us. So <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a journey, all right? And uh, so we're going to kind of let this take off, and then we'll pick things back up at the end of part one. Uh, of the Raising Anchor Defiance 1636 interview. So sit back and enjoy. We're here at Craft Burgers and Beer in Pawtucket with two of the founders of Defiance 1636, the supporters group of Rhode Island FC. Joe, Irvin, welcome to Raising Anchor. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing good. Great. Yeah, doing great. Nice yeah. to be here. Awesome. awesome. Great nice. to see you guys. Great to be here. It's a wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful afternoon here in uh, Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Jason, how are you doing? Uh, doing pretty good, buddy. Just drinking a purple beer over here, you know? Oh, we're going to tell the audience that we're just here. The lads are having some, some drinks. Yeah. I, you know, the lads abroad. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So we are privileged today to be able to sit down with some of the best human beings I've had the chance to meet so far. And really, you know, the point of this interview is to get the listeners in touch with, you know, who Defiant 1636 is, 
who the people are behind this important supporters group for the club and a little bit more information about how the club will operate and what we can expect to see in the inaugural season of 2024. So it's only fair to turn this interview over to you gentlemen and ask some basic things. So I'll start with you, Irvin. What's the background? Who are you as a person? What should the listeners know about you? And most importantly, what I want to know is how did you fall in love with soccer? Uh, that's, that's a long story. But uh, just to give you guys a rundown, uh, so my love of soccer started with, uh, with my father. You know, started at a young age, watching it in the living room, uh, watching the World Cup, watching uh, anything that was pretty much on. So at that point, um, it was like a little bit of MLS, little Liga MX, uh, and then of course watching uh, Liga de Guatemala um, occasionally on our, when we can, because I know like at the time when I was getting into soccer, you know, the Guatemalan games were not being streamed at all on cable television. So it was only right to know about it on the news, basically, like through newspapers and stuff. So that's like the fall in love part of it. After that, i just been a Revolution fan for years because it was the only local team here. Um, fell in love with it more and more and more. Got back to it in high school, played uh, at a varsity level uh, for a little bit, but it was mostly junior varsity that I played. Um, after I finished high school, kind of stopped playing it, but I was very much into like the whole... Uh, watching it so I've been like a uh, season ticket holder for the Revs since 2013 so even to this day but uh this year will probably be my last year as a as a as a Revs uh, season ticket holder uh and I'm you don't want to hold out for that uh that you know it's, you know what's crazy I was price. talking to myself about like maybe paying that extra you know 480 dollars that they want for the four tickets are you paying anything extra if you can sell that ticket <laughs> later for 12 million dollars i don't know i i i mean they said that it's technically not transferable but i i know my ways i've sold my my season tickets before so it's not like it's that hard just take so, a screenshot of the qr code no it's yeah, like you just send them through the email it's, it's not that hard but uh but yeah that's but uh back to the whole loving a soccer it's a. Uh, it's it's been in my blood. My family's played it. My my uh, my dad played in his country. Played for his local team, uh, Sacapa Deportivo. Uh, so did my uh, my uncle. He was actually uh, they both played defense. And if you go back to like the lineage of my family, my uncles, my my, my grandfather, they all played soccer in La Barrio. So like uh, that area is all Guatemaltecos jugando football. So like it's uh, soccer is a, a a love for us. So that's how I fell in love with it. Um, I didn't. Wasn't the best player, but supporting, I knew that I had a had a big mouth, which you'll definitely find out throughout the podcast. Uh, but I, so I can definitely cheer, I can definitely sing, uh, I can definitely try to play instruments. You just give me something to do, and then uh, I'll give you the best atmosphere that I. What's can. your best instrument? Is it a triangle like mine? Oh or? man, it's if you give me the drum, I'll bang the damn thing until it has a hole in it. So yeah, but uh, but my best instrument is is my voice for sure. What position did you play? I was a left winger. Okay. So I was attacking minded. All right. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. How about you, Joe? I'm Joe. And like Irvin, I grew up in a very Guatemalan background. And it's really interesting because, as you said, Guatemalans are very much in love with soccer in a way that you won't find, that you just won't find in the States. I remember going to Guatemala for the first time very recently. And there was uh, I was in my cousin's neighborhood. And we just went outside and say, hey, want to go play some ball? And we're like, and I was like, okay, I'm down. And we went out and they had this mini pitch right outside their door that we just went out and we just had a good time, the three of us. And then this random kids come up and they're like, hey, can we join you guys? And they're like, oh, yeah, come along. Like, these kids that we haven't seen before that 
we don't know if we're going to see him again, but we just wanted to have a good time playing some football. And that's why it's a beautiful game. You can just go out, just grab a ball, and that's really all you need. So should we? So it sounds like there's some some significant Latin influence here for both of you. Do we call it soccer or do we call it football? You can call it whatever, man. I mean, we're we're American born and Guatemalan raised, so I mean, whatever you want to call it. Because even sometimes my dad said, "Oh, we need the soccer. I'm gonna watch the soccer game. We need the football." So like, so whatever happens, and I mean, it doesn't really matter because whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to call the beautiful game. In the end of the day, everybody knows it as the beautiful game. That's a great answer. So uh, I think. Before we get too deep into this, we should probably take a step back and for the listeners that for the first time are hearing, because we've said, we've name dropped you several times on multiple episodes, but they may be asking themselves, you know, what a supporter group is. And so I thought maybe, you know, in your own voices, you guys could take a second here to explain to those fans, those new listeners, you know, what does that mean? What is a supporters group? What is your supporters group? going to be uh, in terms of, of the beautiful game. And then whoever answers that question, I'm going to deflect to the other person. Uh, what do you think maybe are some things that a veteran might not know about supporters group? Maybe someone that's attended multiple games and they see what you know that means, but like they actually don't know the, the, the further details, the more intimate things about what a supporters group makes up. Uh, well, I mean, I can answer the first one. So uh, for those of the people that don't know who we are, I mean, we are the supporter group and some people don't know what supporter group means so it goes by different names uh, you can call us ultras fanatics para brava uh, you can call us by a lot of names but at the end of the day uh, we are the guys that are with the drums the smokes the flares the flags the banners the passion we are the ones that are going to always scream louder than the guy that buys the normal ticket we're the guys that are going to be singing 90 minutes and a break for 15 for that for that second half, and then we're back onto the march. Um, and we're the ones drinking in the parking lot. We're the ones singing till dusk till dawn, and we're the ones that wear the colors on our sleeves till we die. We're the ones that are literally going to be buried with a jersey um, in the end, at the end of our lifetime, and then hopefully uh, seeing uh, family still play soccer up, and we'll still be cheering them in the afterlife. So that's that's who we are. We're the ones that wear the team in our heart. And not just on the jersey, like it's a corazón, it's a passion of soccer. Okay, that's a that's a great answer. Irvin got the easy one. I feel like Joe. What's something? <laughs> what's something a veteran of the sport might not know about what a supporters group is? Well, when you think supporter group, usually what you think is all the stuff that Irvin just described. You go to a game and you look behind one of the goals, or in the middle if you're a Hartford Athletic fan. It's <laughs> so crazy. You look behind the goal and you see these guys with smoke. They have drums raising these huge flags and you're like hey that's pretty it looks pretty dope but there's a lot that i've learned that goes on behind the scenes you might see just on game day you might see just the tifo go up a huge it's a huge banner going up being raised but really there's a lot of work that goes into those you need people to paint it you need someone to design the whole thing and of course you need to pay for all those materials and there's really a lot that goes into the people who play the drums, the people who, you know, fly the flags, and as well as other stuff that the group might do beyond the pitch, such as by doing, let's say, a couple events outside of the stadium. There's plenty that goes on just beyond what you see on game day. Nice. It's not, so it's more of an organized party. It's not like you guys just show up. Um, so, in terms of the history, um, 
how did the supporter group form? And did you guys actually know each other before so? We did. He can answer that one for sure. <laughs> Where, we first met, Where we first met was... Oh, well, previously we knew each other through uh, Discord, because we were both Revolution fans, but we already knew, kind of knew each other through uh, Discord server for the Revolution, but we didn't really know each other until we were both taking a little vacation up to Toronto for an away game last year, and that's where we properly, you know, met each other, and we got to meet for the first time, and we didn't really talk to each other much until, you know, the RAFC news came back to life, and we were talking about, hey, there's no supporter group around, what's with that? I need to get on this myself, and I went to Irvin, because I knew he would be the perfect guy to do this with, and I was like, hey man, let's do this. And from that moment, he was like, all right, man. <laughs> it was fun. It was funny. Uh, I mean, because we had like uh, pretty much similarities. We're actually from the same area of Guatemala as well. We're both from Sacapa, Yano Verde. Uh, and, our, and it's crazy. We were always bonding about like, oh, we're both Guatemalans. We're the only Guatemalans in the group for the revolution. So we, were, we fell in love with that way. And then when I saw him in Toronto and we kind of like, we didn't talk too much. We took pictures with the Guatemalan flag. Uh, that I brought, and then after that, when I saw the Twitter, he uh, <laughs> he he um, basically like uh, I said like at first I just wanted to be a graphic designer. I said like I'll help you make the banners, I'll help you make all that stuff. And then he said, "Dude, it's me." It's like, "Oh, let, okay, cool. Uh, why don't you just join in with me?" And then that's when we kind of became like the co-founders of it. Um, and after that, we just opened up to the public. Held basically held a, a voting of what we wanted the name, the logo to be, and. Sure enough, here we are, Defiance 1636. So speaking of the name itself, uh, how did the naming process work? Like, I'm sure I'm sure you both heavily influenced into that, but uh, did, was that a mutual discussion amongst the, the original, the OG supporter group members, or, or how did that name come into existence? Originally, we were thinking plenty of names right off the bat. Some of them that we were first thinking of, because initially it was just four guys, just four people that were all interested in the same thing. Some of the ones that we had been drawing up included, it was Hope Union, 1636, and of course the year stuck around. It was, another one was uh, 401 Mafia, because you know, Rhode Island got included at 401. <laughs> the the, the uh, gangsters and Italian mob would have really appreciated that name. <laughs> yeah, might and have been everyone else did. And, uh, and then after that, nobody would want to even come near us. It's like, I can't even mob. imagine. So we were like, let's scrap that. I can't even imagine the number of Buddy Cianci uh, TIFOs you would have had to have put up for the 401 Mafia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thankfully, we didn't go for that one. We had a couple other ideas that we threw around. Uh, ones that have been going around was the Apex Army, named around the old Apex building here in Pawtucket. But then we decided that this team is Rhode Island FC, so we should be deciding something that includes all of Rhode Island. And it's difficult because you need something to include the entire state, and you can't just call it Rhode Island Supporters Group. You can't just go that route and make it all simple. You have to be creative with it, be creative with a way to include everybody in the state. And that's pretty much, we kept going around in circles for a bit until we had a discussion with when we opened up our Discord server with a bunch of people with the same interests. And initially we were going to go for Hope in her name, but we twisted that to be Defiance because 
you can just have hope. You can have hope for something. But we chose to go with the name Defiance in the end. Here's why uh, Defiance is an important kind of word that we used. So we, as a small state, always gets like kind of like 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 anything we were always bullied in the uh, circle of new england sports like all of our sports teams were either pipelines or sister clubs of bigger club bigger ones in massachusetts so the providence bruins are the boston bruins sister club then at the time the paw Sox were the uh red Sox in boston and then after that what else did we have we had like the college teams that we argued over so it's like rhode islanders just argued amongst themselves because of colleges we didn't really have a team to hate we didn't have a rivalry we didn't have anything like that to actually call our own so what is the one thing that we always do as a small state well we defied the odds we defied the odds and we uh we always persevere over ourselves we are a uh, local community that is hard working very uh, uh central american south american uh european asian infused place so we're very much inclusive to that to that area so we defy the odds the same way our community defies us every single day coming to America and becoming U.S. citizens or just basically just being Rhode Islanders and calling themselves this place home. They're, they just defy the odds. So defiance becomes that word where, yeah, I'm defiant. I'm defiance. And then, of course, the year is when uh, Rhode Island was founded. And then, uh, you know what? That's a beautiful way to just point it down. It's like, we are defiant. Little state, big attitude, right? Good times. Did you guys know that Brett Johnson thought your name would be the Bucket Brigade? Why? Because we're from the, like, well, so that actually came around to, like, that name well, so actually So you have was, heard that name. So we, yeah, of course. On Twitter, it was, it was like, oh, you should call yourself the Bucket Brigade. So I'm like, but we're not all from Pawtucket. I mean, we're playing in the bucket for sure. Uh, um, for of course, for those of you that don't know that are listening outside of Rhode Island, the bucket is Pawtucket because of the name. And of course, some people say that we're a shape like a bucket. And I don't see it. Listen, all I, I know is if if we ever if we ever do make the McCoy thing work, and we end up in some sort of like tournament baseball style instead of like a minor league, Savannah Bananas, Pawtucket Buckets, like let's talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. Honestly, that'd be pretty funny to to see and. Uh, but you knew of the name. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you made sure that did not make it in the running yeah. for the supporter group. Yeah. Brand. Well, I mean, there was a lot of things that went, went, that went with it with the, um, the supporter group. I mean, the logo took longer than the name. Like, we had, a, we had like, a, a Defont-style font for our name. Before we, we had that logo, we just called ourselves just Defiant 1636. And in the, the, our, like, our name written out in this, like, fancy lettering uh, was, like, Old English, basically was our like logo for a while and then of course like the logo entailed like oh we should put a lighthouse because we didn't want to do like an anchor because the team was already doing an anchor Thanks. so like appreciate that yeah I'll stop <laughs> you're fine you that makes sense because your name the name it's in there but we didn't ha- we already had a name defiance what's the anchor have to do with defiance so we were just going through so many things and then finally we had a a um a four-way call with the designer tim um and we we said okay here are what we, here's what we have we liked what we have now, and then there was also secondary logos that we use, and now we have like other logos, like the 1636 with the 13 stars that represents Rhode Island, the Rhode Island stars on our flag. So we were like, oh, you know what? That's perfect. And the best thing was is that like if you go back in history, we're a small state just like the tugboats. We are small but mighty because we haul the biggest of like, like ships. So we're small, but we're pretty tough. And that logo is like the shape of the tugboat 
doors the logo, of the, the old logo ones. the minute he made that comment like, so oh, when we were like oh that's it that's our logo then let's call it and then finally we release it and people fell in love with it to the point where people thought we were we uh we are the team and we said oh they renamed themselves oh that's pretty cool so uh, one comment that was pretty funny was like oh why is it that the def- that the supporter group uh, name and logo look way better than the teams? Oh, so we're like, oh, oh right. damn! I was like, well, Tim, you might. Have-. So I told him at his eye, you might want to call them. We can we can sell you a job. <laughs> but shout out to the guys at Rizzi. Well, uh, we you haven't heard this yet, but we did uh, a story on Miles Dumas who built the Rhode Island FC logo. So Miles is a listener of the podcast, and he's probably so. This might be fighting words now. So yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to take that back. Yeah, get on it, <laughs> Tim versus Miles. Let's get it on. But I, I will be honest. Like your logo is is amazing. Your your launch was probably the most impressive of any supporter group I've ever seen. Uh, so job well done on that, and thanks for the backstory on on how that came to be. Thank you. The launch happened. It was a couple of months ago in April, right here in this room that we're sitting right now at an event presenting the logo. That's a lot of fun. Nice. That's awesome. So, obviously, a supporter group, you support the team. But within your group, do you guys have, like, a, let's say, purpose? Or you could call it a mission statement that you guys, like, follow through? We actually, when we were, before we even decided the name, the logo, any of that, we wanted three kind of pillars that would set us down going forward. And those would be, we decided on one, to support RAFC, of course. Two, to grow local soccer. And three would be to unite the community. So those are all of our three missions that we considered when deciding the name, logo, and all of the operations that happened after that point. Those are some audacious goals to set forth. I mean, growing soccer. Okay, I mean that that's a that's a partnership across all avenues within the sport itself. But how how do you feel? Is do you have a blueprint to those yet, or is that something that we'll see marching to twenty twenty four? So we know that we weren't going to be doing it in like year one, where we're going to be like, oh, we just succeeded on what our plans was. It, it's going to take time with stuff like that. I think our ambition is that we're tired of certain groups saying that we we want to change Pawtucket, we want to do differently in Pawtucket, and then they're the ones that also don't do anything. They're the ones that complain online, they're the ones that like have the most to say, but don't they do the little, little parts. So we're with the love of soccer that we have and the love of our community, because we both grew up here, regardless of where we're from, regardless of what our heritage is, this is our home. And hopefully, I mean, you know, like whatever happens, we're we're always going to be drawn to Rhode Island. I, I sure as hell love Rhode Island, uh, regardless of what people say. I mean, there's some parts, of course, we're the salty state. Like, you know, we're going to be mad about little things, that and potholes. Uh, but, you know, that... the um, but we love our community, so we want to help it. So it is going to take some time. We're gonna we're gonna try our best to do our mission statement. But so far, we have we have made it open for uh, artists in the area, regardless of age or skill, to help us make banners, which is what Anchor Artistry is. And then um, La Banda Rhode Island is to help local musicians uh, just come and play drums, come and play, uh, the trumpet, come and play trombone, like, you know, like, just, like, have fun at a game, and not feel like they have to be, like, 
they have to do it in a certain way. You know, just come come and like, mess around. Yeah. So like we we want people to to be united in some way, and what better way uh, uniting people than soccer, which is like of course again the beautiful game that's played everywhere. Everyone loves soccer, and I know that Americans are starting to love it even more. But of course, in our area where it's predominantly Hispanic and Latino, like it's like they already love it. They know it's already in their hearts. So of course, if this is a way to support a team and also help the community they live in, why not? Agreed. Agreed. So, Joe, you mentioned that you had your unveiling party in this very room that we're sitting in to record today. Um, but how how did you end up calling Kraft Burgers and Beer home of the Defiance? We were going around thinking of multiple bars. We knew that it had to be in Pawtucket because one of the things we had planned for was having a march from our home bar and going down to where the stadium would be, Tidewater. So we were looking around. We had um, a couple considerations. One of them that was thrown up a lot was Murphy's, which is a bit of a walk. Isn't that in, that's downtown Providence, Murphy's, right? No, there's a Murphy's over here in Pawtucket. Oh, not the... Okay, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 it's like the one that's like right across yeah, yeah, the... Okay. Uh, yeah, the one by the hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were uh, considering all these different bars, and one of them that popped up was Crafts. So we were going to, our plan was to come in here, it was me and Urban, we came in here, and we planned to um, see what the food was like, see what the place was like, and I know from the minute I walked in and saw the scarves on the wall from all these different European teams and the Chelsea and Spurs supporter groups that also have their home here, they have that in their pedigree, we walked in, I walked in here and saw that, and I was like, yep, we found it, we found our home, not to mention that it's really close to the uh, the stadium the stadium will be get up walk to that window you'll see the stadium yeah like it's legit right down there and then like they even told us too like oh yeah it's like as soon as you walk out of the parking lot just walk down the hill you're right in front of the gate so I I, I the reason I asked that is um, with it was location based so I understand there's also an additional soccer pedigree here and for uh, Chelsea and Liverpool was it Liverpool you said? Spurs, Spurs. Yeah. oh Spurs, Spurs. So for Chelsea and Spurs fans, if you don't already know this, this is the this is the happening space. Um, but I guess I'd ask, like, outside of home game days, will this also be the intended kind of away game location center to to watch games and to show up for attendance? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we want to branch out to different locations for sure to help our. That's one of the big goals. That's is why we go to different businesses is to see, hey, where else can we do uh, away games? Because it's easy just put on ESPN Plus and just turn on RAFC and just watch the game with your friends. Uh, we've already reached out to Moniker. Um, we've already reached out to uh, even like food trucks that have like their own stationary place. Like we'll just bring the, a projector and then like you know stream it from our phones and just set up there. So we have other places that we definitely want to help out. Even the um, the German American Association has already said, hey, you can use our dining hall, which we come and do and watch Bayern Munich games and other German soccer games, and you can watch your games here if you'd like to as well. And um, they've been more than welcome welcoming um, to having us do games. So we do want to do it at different places to help out the local community, but this will be our like our home hub for home home games, except for uh, 2024, which we'll be doing at a bar that's actually like a walking distance to Brian. Do you um, know the name of the bar or uh, can you share that yet? Parentes, yeah. So Parentes is, uh, has been pretty cool and even the guy when we went in there and we gave him a flag, oh, I'm going to hang this up right now. So he was like, oh, okay, cool. 
he said like just give me the schedule i'll make sure those days we'll have a back room for you guys so he's the guy has been nothing but like i can't wait till game days i can't wait till this place starts rocking making noise because he knows he's going to be making a lot of profit on this and he's going to be bringing in more customers but it also again helps a small business so that's a, that's the mentality that we have as long as we're helping them and we're uh, we're you know promoting their stuff as well that gives back to our community and it gives people to say hey what's going on over there let's join up that's awesome um so far how would you guys say your relationship with the fo is uh it's uh it's been pretty good uh with them so far uh i don't want to beat around the bush and say that they it's been easy trying to get a a meeting with them we just recently had a meeting with them and uh, i think it was good that we got the time we did but it was difficult at first Uh, they said that they would meet up with us in march and nothing came because they were still hiring people Uh, and then time went by we just let them do their thing finally we got the meeting with them and it it took a while Um, but it's been good we we invited brett louis here for our event and he was more than happy to kind of answer our questions uh, from what he can tell us, uh, he wasn't going to spill the beans out completely, but uh, he told us what he could what he could tell us. Then he told us more at the meeting. Um, a lot of things that what we wanted to hear, a couple things that we didn't kind of like about the posture of what we wanted to do. Uh, but then again, that's that's just going to be the relationship with them. They're not going to they're not going to like everything we do. We're not going to like everything that they do. So we have to just come up with the middle ground and like just come up with that. But other than that, they literally thrown their numbers at me like email me call me text me if you need anything just 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 you know we're like a phone call away so we want to make sure that we're on on their butts a lot so that they know like hey we're serious you know like we're not gonna like mess around we're just gonna be like oh yeah do your time do your thing no we need something from you guys just just know we're gonna we're gonna text you guys so that's the one thing that like is a relationship with them like they know that we're not a fish like we're not uh, affiliated with them we're your support group so we want you guys to be held accountable with a couple things but then again, you know, we also know that you guys are going to want accountability from us as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a mutual relationship and hopefully we can grow as we do more meetings with them. But, you know, right now it's been pretty, pretty straightforward and uh, they've been very kind to us. Have you seen any kind of impact so far with your dealings with them? Uh, I mean, so far, nothing yet because we haven't really asked for too much we asked the simple questions that everybody on the discord wanted to know uh ticket affordability uh which thankfully today they now you can actually see um what the affordability is uh for season tickets and like i said before like it's very affordable very cheap to go to uh rfc games for season for the whole season um but i mean they they've been they've been pretty pretty good so far i mean there's there's no there's no issue still early to tell maybe still yeah still very early to tell so i don't really i can't really like put too much like pressure on them so like we'll we'll see how how the how the years so uh, the months go by so no confirmation yet on safe standing behind the goal at tidewater no confirmation yet i mean i could probably get the information if somebody like if i really try to pry them out of them how but, about, like, how about um, this better way to ask that question are they are they considering it they are actually because they so th- i think a lot of people don't understand what a blessing it is that we actually got delayed a lot of people are upset but it actually is a blessing because if they would have rushed this we would have it would have it would have shown but now that they have time they can think about hey maybe let's talk about putting grass in the stadium because before they wanted to do turf 
now they have a chance to actually say, hey, maybe let's let's weigh our options. Could we do grass? Maybe. Who knows? Uh, and then, of course, we've mentioned the safe standing. We want safe standing. So hopefully now that they have like, well, it's, uh, you know, the blueprints are like are complete, complete yet. But you know what? Maybe we can actually do that. Why not? So it could be if we get enough people riled up and they see the impact that we've done for 2024, I think that's a no brainer that they should do that. So really, it's it's your safe standing space to lose, right? If, Pretty much. If yeah. Defiance doesn't. But show if they up put chairs on it and they tell us assigned seating, guess what? We're still gonna make noise. Stand on those. We're still we're gonna stand on those damn chairs. <laughs> yeah. So. Awesome. Um, so I think kind of moving into a pause from Tidewater for a second and a, a really deep dive focus. You've already mentioned the the ticket prices for the inaugural season. Um, what are your feelings so far on Bernie Stadium being the selected site for the club's opening season? Um, do, do we think that that was executed correctly by the off the front office? Do we think that there was a better site? Are you guys excited? Like, what 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 are your feelings on Bernie? It's very mixed feelings because obviously us with a lot of people, we were going into the season with the idea that hey, we're going to be at Tidewater, we're going to have our own thing, and us. And a lot of people who are going to support RAFC, like 90%, I'd say, if not more, who have been previously Revs fans, and you know how the whole thing is with Gillette, and it's a huge stadium. So even if you get uh, this huge crowd, it's still going to look tiny in you know, the grand scheme of things at Gillette. So a lot of people are went into RAFC like, okay, they're going to have a stadium. This is something different. This is something that they're going to have to one-up the Revs. But in the end, it didn't work out. It's unfortunate, but us as a group, all we can do is continue moving forward and we're still getting a team next year. That's bottom line. We're still going to have our own team next year. So we were, as soon as they said, okay, we can't finish Tidewater. We're going to look at other options. We were thinking, okay, maybe they're going to play at um, Piercefield. Piercefield, what is it called? Right? Piercefield in East Providence. In East Providence where the Stingrays played, and say, okay, it has some history behind it, but I think that fell through because the condition wasn't so, the pitch length as well wasn't fit for, you know, USL soccer. This is a professional team that's going to be coming here. Uh, they also We were also thinking about Brown, uh, URI, all these stadiums. The issue was the pitch length. That just didn't work out. But at in the end... They decided on Burn Stadium, and we're like, okay, you know, this can actually this can actually work out. Do you think it will hurt season ticket deposit people who honestly were looking for Tidewater as the first experience? Like, I mean, what is what is your what is your impression of that? To be honest, it's not ideal, and I think people are in the same way that okay, maybe I'll wait, we'll hold off till they have their own stadium. To see how everything plays out and i think some people are in that ballpark with rafc and it is unfortunate but what we can do it's our job to show that okay even though we are at a different stadium we're still going to give an amazing experience that you won't get elsewhere in rhode island and definitely not in foxborough we're going to do all this to show that it's not ideal but hey it's what we got and we're going to make the most of it we're going to show that it's still better than a lot that you're going to find elsewhere so do you think this is still a win, though? I mean, I, I my concern looking at it for the casual fan, because I always am looking for the person that wouldn't be listening to this podcast or, 
being connected to Defiant 1636s. I don't want to go to Smithfield for the day to, to watch a soccer game. It's the same reason they wouldn't go to um, Foxborough to watch the Revolution. Do you think that that is a factor, or do you think that it's just the stadium in general? Uh, so when they announced Bernie, I, we, me and Kevin actually went, which is, if, for those that don't know, Kevin is our uh, third board member. We call him the suit. Uh, so he's he's the guy who does all the um, the official stuff, like you know, like the presenting himself as the way he's our the corporate people. He's our corporate guy, so he that's where he is. But we actually went to Bernie Stadium to, to just kind of get the lay of the land, take some pictures with our battle flags, take a picture with our banner and our flag. And to be honest, when we went there, we looked around and we were like, you know what? I can see this working. I mean, it's a small stadium for sure. But it reminds me of a old English stadium. It's like if you ever seen those like English stadiums that have like two, two to five thousand seats. Like it's it looks pretty much the same way. You're very close to the pitch. You'll be very interactive with the players and coaches. Like if you say something to the to the guys in the pitch, they're gonna hear you. They're gonna hear you. So that like that environment is is what is missed at Gillette Stadium. And of course, what we're gonna be bringing to the table that noise, the smokes. The, the battle flags, the drums, that's going to, in a small stadium like that, it's going to make noise. You're going to hear that drum from the from the highway, for crying out loud. So, like, I feel like it's, while it is a loss that we're not going to get Tidewater, uh, just like I said before, I think it's best that we don't rush things. and Because uh, if you rush things, like, every, like anybody, you've asked anybody, you rush things, you're going to, it's going to become sloppy. But if you take your time and you make a beautiful thing beautiful, it's going to look great. So, like, I feel like people need to have that positive mindset. To some people, this is, like, a win for them The oh, my God, it's not going to happen. You know, we, we know we deal with these naysayers almost every day uh, that think this, this is a failed project. But to me, I think that this is just them taking precaution, making sure that they don't uh, disappoint the fans, the diehards like us. Because, I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to, like, say that like, I'll, I'll be happy to stay in Bernie forever. No, you better give us the stadium. And I've said this, like, you better hold up to your promise because otherwise you're proving the naysayers that we've been defending you against right. That this was a, this was all just a elaborate scheme and it might not be a scheme and then you guys probably just don't have the money for it. Find the money. You guys can definitely find investors for a new club. But if you go to Bernie, uh, Bernie Stadium right now and you walk around the pitch, you'll understand why we think that this isn't a bad deal. And once they start putting in the bleachers that they're doing, making it look RIFC, uh, like the make it look the way that it's supposed to look. Guess what? You're gonna be like, this is pretty cool. I've already said it too. It's gonna look great. It right now it looks like a college stadium, but it's gonna look like our home for a while. And it's only one year. It's not gonna kill you. So this is our temporary home. Um, have they told you whether or not you guys are gonna have your own dedicated seating? Like, do you know where in the stadium you're gonna be positioned at this point? Yeah, so we were actually worried about that because, uh, you know, our enemies up uh, up in Hartford are, like, in the middle, like a bunch of goobers. <laughs> and uh, so, like, that was like, oh, man, if they put us like Hartford, it's going to drive me nuts. So, thankfully, at the meeting, we said, like, please tell me you're putting us in the, behind the goal. And they said, yes, they're putting us behind the goal. Um, we don't know if it's going to be, like like standing or for, it's going to be like seats we don't know that yet but to, regardless like i said before if you have us if they have us in a bleacher area where there's seats that's fine if they don't have bleachers on it, it's all standing then that's cool too we'd prefer that but at the end of the day we're just happy that we're behind the goal we're where we're supposed to as a supporter group and we're going to make the noise we're going to scare the opposing uh 
goalkeeper and we're going to support our goalkeeper to make sure that he knows that he's this is we're the 12th man and we're going to show you some noise basically so and then when that other guy comes our side you're going to hear some things <laughs> so it's going to be fun awesome from a seating and ticketing perspective do you guys have any control or partnership with the club in the sense that like how we talk about you know casual fans maybe they might see those tickets and like if they just show up and not knowing what they're getting themselves into, you know what I mean? So that you guys can kind of keep your own together so that you can bring the noise. Honestly, honestly, it's a bit of a worry to say that those are the cheapest seats available and it might not be a huge difference from the next ones available like it is with the reps. That's why you see a lot of kind of casual fans, you know, families in the fort, which is their supporters section, not knowing what they're kind of getting themselves into. Just because they go on, they see the cheapest seats, and they're like, okay, I'll go for this. And they just don't know what they're getting themselves into. So we were fearing, we're fearing the same thing here to some degree. But we can also uh, kind of see this as an opportunity to grow from people who wouldn't be here otherwise. Like if these are the only seats that someone can choose, and they find out, okay, this is actually something that I enjoy being a part of. Drums, okay, I'm all for that. Hey, give me a flag, I'll be here next week. Yeah, it's converting that casual fan that maybe stumbled upon uh, our section because it's the only ticket available and they really wanted to come to game. To... Especially for when Messi shows up. <laughs> yeah, when Messi comes to the <laughs> Open Cup and he plays us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we've had issues about that too we, and we're going to take a playbook of what St. Louis did. Uh, there will be no opposing team colors if you're gonna sit with us you better come no no, no argentine colors no argentine co- well that's the one thing i had a problem with i mean it's a national team thing so you can't really t- take apart a national thing like you, no one's gonna stop me wearing a guatemalan jersey uh in our section but most of the time i'm gonna be wearing an irfc jersey. What, what, guatemalan so what is that a pescadito is that your most famous Guatemalan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, now it's a lot of new... The, it's the younger generation I wonder that we who have. has a Pescadito jersey. <laughs> we gotta find them. <laughs> we gotta find them. invited. But, but, like, yeah, we just want, like, we are... We're gonna make sure that we tell the team, like, hey, you better make sure that your ticket reps know, like, if they're gonna sit with us, they better expect this. But before every game, I have a plan where I'm gonna be like, hey, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, this is what to expect. We're going to have signs in front of our little stands so that they know this is what to expect so that they at least have a, uh, they embrace themselves and maybe even say, oh, wow, I'm, this is where I'm sitting. Okay, cool. Let's give me something to do. Who knows? Just like he said, he like, give me something to do. So that's what we want to do. And hopefully we don't, we don't steer away people, but in the end of the day, we're not going to change who we are to make certain people comfortable. If you don't want to sit with a supporter group, read the sign supporter group section if you don't know what that means google's free like, blast the impact horn right in their face right right <laughs> like exactly yeah it's like it's like el grito you know what i mean like it's like you're we're here to make noise you know what i mean like so like bring the noise so like that's what we're here for and if you don't want to bring the noise that's fine you, i know some people i know they've said that there will be areas where people can stand and watch the game so like that's it's they they're trying to make it comfortable so that we have our own thing and they have their own thing and they're and i've they've told us that they're going to make sure Everybody knows that you're going to get the right group, uh, the the right group of people come to your session. So, there you go. do you guys have a name for that section? Or are you guys kind of kicking around they, some ideas about what you want to call? They're calling it? a section thirteen for now, but right now, isn't, Kevin, that, a, isn't that a sci-fi movie? 
Section District 13? 13? District 13. District 13, <laughs> yeah. That's, you know what's crazy? I mean, isn't that the one with, like, the squid Did they, there? Yeah, the aliens and... That's a yeah, that's, Lovecraft yeah, that's right a Lovecraft there. thing, so we were like, yep. we can be, like, the Cthulhu section. <laughs> but, like, Kevin has been throwing around, like, dude, I want to be, like, a jail. Let's call ourselves D-Block. I'm like, how about we don't? <laughs> but he's been throwing it around, like, this is the guy who also was so obsessed with saying up the tide to the point where now the team is like well we've been seeing it on twitter and i think we might have to use it because yeah. all of our other ones we try to broadcast yeah, it every time yeah. we make messages so it's like for son it, yeah. of a gun he really did it i can't believe it we all thought we weren't he wasn't going to do it and okay. now up the tide is so now d block like, again that's right that's exactly interesting. what are your will you will you leave it to a vote for your supporters group members will it be something organic that happens definitely will you establish definitely organic okay. i don't, I don't we, we don't want to force things i mean we didn't force up the tide. It was literally um, Kevin that just came up with it, and he that was this was before he was in the board. So like he came up with it himself. Just find a sponsor that's willing to fund all of Defiance's activities <laughs> and call it the Defiance Block, supported by Kevin. No, 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 no. <laughs> definitely not, definitely not. If we're if we're gonna name ourselves, like it's gonna be something like for us. It's not gonna be like D Block sponsored by Buttweiser and stuff like that. Like, no, 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 get get that. Out of here. All right. Well, I think that's a great spot to conclude part one of the Defiant 1636 introduction to our listeners. So stay tuned for next time where we will conclude with part two of our interview with these fine individuals. What an incredible conversation uh, so far. I mean, obviously, we know the whole conversation since we were there for both parts one and two, but... Uh, Don't tell what, them about time travel. <laughs> <laughs> but what, uh, what a lot of fun so far. So do you think... Um, do you think... Were, were Joe and Irvin exactly who you thought they'd be? Um, to a certain extent, yeah. I mean, you know, we... I, I, it's first time meeting Joe. Seems a cool guy. Um, we've met Irvin a few times, but it was nice to sit down and, like really have a deep dive and kind of get his story and really kind of figure out who defiance are like as a group and like who they want to be. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I don't think you could have picked two more passionate people, um, to really spearhead. And, and I think there's some other founders that we'll probably be able to get a chance to talk to at a later date. But for, for those two individuals, I just, they, they're so excited to talk about Rhode Island FC, about Defiance 1636, and just soccer in general. And I didn't even know there was a Guatemalan connection there, like that, but that they knew each other as Guatemalans in an, a different supporters group. Like it's it's just like a like fun story, even from like the same area, which is crazy. Yeah, like what are the, like what are those chances? Like that that's like almost as good as El Paso Locomotive winning the title this year at this point. So <laughs> tying it all back in. Um, but yeah, so listeners. Uh, look forward to part two on our next week's uh, episode. So kind of same format. And uh, we just really excited to bring the rest of that conversation to you. What are some of the events that are going on in, uh, in Rhode Island FC right now? All right. So RIFC will be at uh, Brown on uh, Saturday, September 16th, watching the Brown Bears play the Bryant Bulldogs at 7 p.m. If we were to go like just like the mascot alone, like a, a bulldog stands no chance against a bear. I mean, I don't stand a chance against the bear. Yeah, it's going to be half to like a really big bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what is it, Hulk? Uh, the the famous like like squat pit bull bulldog esque thing that like is like four hundred pounds. 
All right, we got some defiant stuff coming up a here too. A lot of defiant stuff, actually. Yeah. Yeah, there's some active guys there. Um, <laughs> Monday, September fourth, Defiance Thirty Six will be attending a match between URI uh, versus Providence. So that's the Rams versus the Friars. And again, Friars—they aren't even combatants, right? Like they're peace-loving, unless it's like Little John from Robin Hood, like not uh, not, <laughs> yeah, a, not, not sure. a fighting. Don't tell the don't tell the college that, but uh, but not a fighting group, and uh, I think this also wraps up their soccer tour, right? Because they've had a couple other events at other locations um, where they've been attending uh, soccer matches uh, through the month of August. So that's exciting to see them them kind of conclude that with the uh, the URI Providence game. Yeah, but they got one more thing going on here. Sunday, September tenth, they're going to be at the Festival Guatemala at Roger Williams Park. So uh, they're going to have a tent there if you want to come say hi to them. And now that I know that those are Guatemalan gentlemen, like that makes more sense now. Like I'm sure they're going to be really passionate at, at that point. Uh, and then, you know, they do also have the, the Defiance uh, attending McCoy's final inning, right, in Pawtucket Stadium, where if it doesn't get canceled for weather for like the ninth time, uh, they'll, <laughs> be, they'll be sending off the, the stadium with a, with a fireworks show. And I think it runs from like 3 to, three to 9.30 or something like that. Um, but I, I think it's a great opportunity for, you know, Defiance or if Rhode Island FC shows up to that one, we haven't had that confirmed yet, just to kind of like take in and, and show people who, whether it's nostalgia, it's just the fireworks or they miss, they miss sport in Pawtucket. I think it's a great conversion opportunity for those fans to go, hey, you know what, baseball's gone, but I've got something else I can go watch now. So really, really good call on them to show up to that. And kind of like hand off the legacy, if you will, from uh, McCoy to Tidewater. So that that's really cool that they're going and doing that. Yeah, closing a chapter and uh, starting a new one. What is it? When every time a door closes, a window opens, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> awesome. So, do we have any? Uh, do we have any listener questions? Of course, we do. It's always two, by the way. I don't know if this, these people are... Send like, them in pairs. You can send more than two questions. You can ask more than two questions if you want. By the way. All right, so we got one here from Tim. Um, why did you name yourself Raising Anchor? Oh, man. Uh, I don't think we're ready to give the full story here. Um, <laughs> that might be in the Patreon special at a later date. <sighs> but uh, I can say that when Jason and I started working on the project, we wanted to keep it nautical-themed because there's an anchor in the logo. Um, I can say we worked up some other naming options. Um, but... And one of them we maybe started registering things to, and it was already trademarked. Too, too soon, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> but I can say that uh, Raising Anchor, if you you know Google it, since we're not the top search yet, we will be one day, uh, it has a couple different meanings. So Raising an Anchor is a ship starting its voyage, you know, taking off. It's a, it's a sailing term, which is very much a part of Rhode Island history and culture. Um, and, like, when you think about it, like, I, I'm going to get some sort of foam anchor that was like a celebration maybe rhode island fc will make it and then they'll put their logos on and then it's theirs again rhode island fc take notes you can have this one for free too but i'm going to just hold up an anchor as like a foam finger that's going to be that's my going to that's my foam finger at the stadium i'm just going to hold up an anchor uh to celebrate so that's that's where the name came from there were a lot of different options but we wanted to make sure that it tied in kind of loosely associated to the club um and then also kind of had a a roots and history in, in rhode island's rich maritime uh, history. So that's the short answer. And then one day we'll, we'll share the completely ridiculous story of, of what we first were calling ourselves and how important it is to do 
so many different checks on things when you uh, when you start a podcast. A L- lot of work behind the scenes that uh, not everyone knows about <laughs> that goes on to get this done. A lot. Uh, what what's that other question that we got today? All right, and Eric here wants to know what teams did you like before RFC? Oh, oh man, man, trying to call us out. I don't. I'm not ready to share that either. <laughs> like, I don't want to lose our five listeners that we have. Um, I w- man, can I like give? Can I answer the question, but like really obscurely to like a politician would? Can I say like like oh I'm I'm actually a Plymouth Argyle fan in uh, in League Two. I actually I think they just got promoted to. Um, when you the first time you played FIFA and you did your creative player Plymouth Argyle. What was that? Was the that's why I'm a Plymouth Argyle fan. Okay, my first guy I ended up on Udinese when Alexis Sanchez was there, and. Uh, you know, we won the Serie A that year, definitely. Did you use the infusion of a billion dollars in cash? No, no, no. So I was doing the, um, you know, the one where you're, it, it's your player. You're not. Oh, I do the manager in, one. Yeah, and I, didn't, I just I didn't get on that manager train till a little bit later. I enjoy the manager more. I enjoy the like the I, economics of it to more kind than. of like really like get myself into a position. I wanted to just, you know, play one position. Did you, play, did you play the goalkeeper? Center defensive man, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he says. Oh. I'm, too, I'm too slow for any other ones, you know. <laughs> Even your FIFA character? You made him slow as well? I, I made him, you know, similar height and build, you know what? So just <laughs> tall dude. Yeah, no, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to dodge that and just say Plymouth Argyle to play it safe for now. I, I, I think that's, that's, that's my answer. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't, don't want to like dox ourselves. Um, I mean, I, I will say that, um, cause I, I know a lot of the people in the state really like him. I, I do enjoy watching some Cristiano Ronaldo play that, uh, 2011 to like 2015 Real Madrid was a lot of fun. I don't know if I'd call myself a supporter, but like when they're on, like I'm going to tune in. Okay. Okay. I mean, I've I've watched my fair share of classicos, so. Oh yeah, yeah. some of those are just <laughs> bloodshed. Oh yeah, so much fun with Ray Hudson <laughs> on the uh, on the broadcast. You just cannot go wrong with those. So, uh, we we we've kind of figured that eventually it will come out um, our our soccer history and fandom like that will come as a natural progression through the uh, through the podcast time. So we will we will let that be a natural process. But. Awesome. Well, hey, it's been a blast getting to talk to you again today. As always, uh, where can the listeners find us? All right, guys. So we have a Twitter or an X, whatever it is, at RFC Podcast. We're over on Threads at RFC Podcast, Instagram at Raising Anchor, and www.raisinganchorpodcast.com. Yeah, feel free to give us some love on the socials. I see all of you liking and viewing this stuff, but I don't see anyone commenting. So, uh, Feel free to get vocal on there and and, and, and shout the love out from the top of the mountains. <laughs> the hatred, though, just just keep it. Send just... that send that towards Connecticut. <laughs> but uh, always a blast, man! Uh, can't wait to do this again with you. Huh? Anchors up! Yeah, <laughs> anchors up. Catch you next time, buddy.